Welcome to Harrimanology, the official podcast to keep up with Harriman City. We'll take you inside the city, explore the latest news and updates, show you how your government operates, and discuss the issues that affect us all. Now, here are your hosts talking all things Harriman on Harrimanology. Welcome, welcome. It is Harrimanology. Glad to have you in. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. I'm John LaFollette, Communications Manager for Harriman City. Uh, we're excusing Assistant City Manager Tammy Moody today. She has other things going on. Uh, so it's me and some wonderful people. Uh, today's a windy day. Very, very windy. We do have a storm coming in, which is good. And by the time most of you listen to this, you'll either be in the storm or recovering from the storm. It's not that bad of a storm, but it is really windy. Um but we want to talk about water, which thankfully we're supposed to be getting a bunch of in this storm coming yeah. up. Um, hopefully it wasn't a dud by the time you listen to this. But we're bringing in uh, to talk about our drought situation in the state of Utah. It's no secret. Um, Governor Spencer Cox declared a state of emergency again today, um, as he did last year for the drought condition in the state. So to talk about that and Harriman City's role in water and water conservation, bringing in water conservation coordinator for Harriman City, David Cruzy, and director of public works, Justin Edwards. How are you doing, gentlemen? Very well, thanks, Jonathan. How are you? Great. Good. Yeah, we're doing good. Thanks for having us. So let's talk drought. That's such a sad way to start. No one likes drought. It's We're all sick of it, but here we are again. Yep. Um, is... Is this one different than last year? Is precipitation better? How, how are water storage levels across the state, at least? Let's start there. Is, is it better than last year? Uh, so it's not too different from last year in a lot of ways. Uh, currently, right now, 99% of the state is in a severe drought, and that includes Salt Lake County as well as uh, neighboring counties. Uh, the snow water equivalent is about 75% of normal, and uh, a lot of the reservoirs that we kind of use to gauge water supply is um are below 58 percent so it's it's a little dismal but i can say that uh soil moisture levels are higher than they normally are at this time of year that's good yeah because um soil moisture levels really affect how the water percolates down into the reservoirs and streams so if it's really dry like it was last year the rain comes down snow comes down in the form of rivers and it goes right in the soil and dries up there and stays there. Correct. But right. but hopefully this year that'll be less common because there's some soil moisture. Right. And and the precipitation we're seeing over the last, you know, several weeks particularly will will also help that. It won't it won't pull us out of the drought or the condition we're in, uh, but it, it, it definitely makes it better. Um, so last year, as David mentioned, we were around, you know, sixty nine percent or so on our reservoir levels and, and we're around fifty eight like David mentioned. So um, we're not in a better position than last year, although the precipitation we're seeing lately might, you know, cause people to think that we are in a better situation. But in, in general, overall, um, we're not. And David, you mentioned that we're in a severe drought. The classifications, if I remember off the top of my head, are severe or there are a couple levels before you get to severe. Then there's extreme then exceptional. Much of last year, we were in exceptional or extreme. This year, we're already in severe and we're still in the spring. Right, right. That's correct. Yeah, I'm not sure all the the different adjectives to describe the drought levels. They all sound kind of serious. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's just going to take a couple above average snow years to really get the reservoirs level, the reservoir levels, you know, at a comfortable spot. Uh, 
water and water conservation has been a priority for the state of Utah. So as I mentioned earlier today, Governor Cox issued the uh, state of emergency. There is some legislation that passed this uh, most recent legislative session about water conservation. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And, and it's that's definitely important uh, legislation across the state uh, to try and conserve um, and and essentially bring everybody on board at the same time. Right. Um, one of the fortunate things is that we have is uh, last year our, our city council adopted uh, water efficiency standards uh, that have you know certain requirements in them. Um, and, and so our, our conservation plan right now already meets or exceeds the legislation that was recently passed. So, nice. um, so we're, we're feel like we're in a, in a good sit, in a good position there. Don't have to make any real major adjustments to meet that legislation. It's taking effect into my yard. Uh, so we oh, just great. built a home this fall and they put in landscaping this yeah. spring. Uh, originally they told us they were going to do all sod on the mm-hmm. front and side yards and in the park strip. Um, but instead, I don't think the builder even technically had to because of mm. anyway. Um, but they put in gravel in the park strip. Yep. We're the only ones in the entire street with gravel in the park strip. <laughs> oh, great. Um, and mulch on yeah. the front and side and looks great. Yeah, that's great. And hopefully uh, you'll be the poster child for your neighborhood there and, and be able to encourage your uh, other uh, neighbors there to make some of those changes. Uh, yeah, it is encouraging. We've had some great support from our builders and developers uh, over the last year. Uh, getting on board with these these changes, they're they're obviously drastic changes, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's moving in the direction that we need to go. And like I said, we've we've had great support uh, from a lot of our development and building community. Yeah, and fine with me as a homeowner. Yeah. I I imagine most people are probably in that same boat. There might yeah. be some who are who would not feel the same, but I think everyone's in this together. We want to save water as much yeah. as we can. No, no doubt. I think the that that kind of goes into a, a point of. You know, like you said, is you, you have the benefit of having that type of landscape now, but there are incentive programs out there for people who do have, you know, the typical, you know, sod in the park strip and, and essentially 90% of their yard is sod. But there are incentive programs out there, you know, that, that can allow you to, you know, get money back for making some of those drought tolerant changes to your landscape. Hey, what are some of those that are available and where can people find information on that? Yeah, so utahwatersavers.com is, um, you know, essentially the host website that uh, residents can visit to to enroll themselves in a number of different rebate and incentive programs. Uh, the local skate program, like Justin was saying, is a really good one for residents who are looking to, to renovate an existing landscape into more of a, a water-efficient design. Um, there's also Flip Your Strip. Uh, that one's a familiar one aimed at, you know, looking at the park strip and removing non-functional grass and, and reducing maintenance. Um, one of my personal favorites is the landscape consultation where they focus on improving irrigation efficiency at the residential level. So people will actually come out to your house if you want them to um, and help you um, establish a more, more in-tune irrigation guide, watering schedules while also providing um, tips and tricks to, to help make that transition into a more water efficient landscape. So you can have people who know what they're talking about, come to your house, talk about your yard specifically and give you specific ex- expert advice on your yard at no additional cost. Yeah. Yeah. It's all free. It's pretty uh, good. Definitely there to, for everyone to take advantage of. So if you're interested, uh, utahwatersavers.com. Um, what are the city's plans for this upcoming year? Maybe let's revisit really quickly what we did as a city last year to help conserve water 
and maybe talk about what's coming up this year yeah. as well. So, so I can touch on what we did last year. Obviously, we made a huge step in water efficiency standards. Uh, that didn't obviously make a direct impact at that time because obviously it takes time to Im- implement those things. But I do want to commend our the public and our residents. Um, you know, the the declaration that the governor put out last year, um, our residents listened. Um, and constant messages, you know, from the state, the county, local governments also, you know, continual messaging out. And I will say that our, our residents responded quite well. Um, last year, when you compare it to the year before, overall throughout the, the summer months, we saw an overall reduction of about 15% um, last year compared wow. to the year before. With the growth, too. With the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there goes to tell you that our residents are actually uh considering the the conservation the drought those types of things and actually implementing them uh, so i do want to commend them um, it was great to, to see that and we're hoping you know that that will continue into this year and the lessons learned from last year will just continue on so what about the city's water reduction uh, parks is going to be a big category where a lot of water goes we have a lot of parks yep. in the city a lot of beautiful parks well used yep. uh well loved um we reduced watering in some places last year. Correct. Is do we know if that's going to be the same this year? Yeah. So in our parks department, um, they did they made some huge strides last year in redu- in reduction of water. Uh, they implemented some best management practices that I think they've talked about on on other mm-hmm. podcasts. I'm um, just being more conscious and and more. Uh, responsive to the landscapes throughout. I know they're reducing watering on the more passive parks, um, and obviously our, our sports parks and highly utilized parks. Obviously, they just take more water, um, but they're implementing other other methods for conservation and saving water of you know soil conditioning, um, fertilizers, those types of things. And so they've made some huge reductions. And actually, on many of our parks, um, we saw well over forty percent reduction last year on Goodness. a lot of our parks. So, wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. Difference. Um, where does our water come from for Harriman City? We have, as I understand, multiple sources. Correct. Um, where do they come from, and does that vary at different points of the year as well? Um, it does vary from different points of the year throughout the year. Um, so, you know, we have our own sources. Uh, we have five wells in one spring um, that we pump year-round and utilize, um, and that, that produces roughly about you know, 35% of our total water uh, that the city consumes. And then we receive the rest, the, the majority of our water from Jordan Valley Water Conservancy District. Um, and so obviously the wells that we have produce groundwater, which pump out of the underground aquifers. Um, and then the Jordan Valley water, the majority of that that we get actually comes from Deer Creek and Jordan L Reservoirs. Um, and then also another source is uh, the canal water for those that have access to secondary water. Um, we get probably about 10% of our water, uh, total water from there. Do we know at this point reservoir levels, especially for Deer Creek and Jordan L where we have an interest in that and other cities do as well. Jordan Valley serves multiple cities, but right. do right. we know what the situation is for those reservoirs right now? Yeah. So currently going into the, the irrigation season, Jordan L is sitting at about 50% and Deer Creek is about 87% of the total amount of water they can hold. Of course, we want to shoot for 100%. Mm. I don't know how often we achieve 100%. I imagine it's not very often. Yeah. Uh, but in maybe a normal kind of median year, where yeah. would that generally be sitting? I, I would say that, you know, Deer Creek is probably a little bit higher than average. Um, and Jordan L is probably a little bit lower than average. Um, those 
those reservoirs are actually managed and controlled very well. So a lot of times they, they may move water from one reservoir to another to anticipate runoff coming in the spring. So they, they, with Deer Creek being at 87%, um, they, they've obviously moved some water out of Jordan L down into Deer Creek to allow for that storage to be made up in Jordan L while we can use it out of Deer Creek. So overall, I would say they were overall lower by maybe about 10%. But overall, it, it's not too alarming to see one much different than other the way it's managed. And uh, how did last year's drought affect storage of water? Because we have, I don't know how to put this, but we have uh, water that we use immediately or water that's readily available and we have water that we put away for storage. Correct. And we, I remember we talked about last year on the same podcast, we have enough in storage to be able to last us through even a, a year or two of really tough precipitation conditions correct what's an update on like storage levels or is that these reservoirs that essentially those reservoirs but if you look at the statewide like we like we mentioned earlier we're about 10 percent overall lower this year than we were last year so obviously we we actually if you consider it like a a bank account right Mm -hmm. you get your paycheck you utilize it it decreases and then you bring it back up that's essentially like the runoff so we have this the summertime where we utilize the water we're pulling money out of our bank account and in the winter time in the springtime we're filling that bank account back up um, but what happens is over time like some bank accounts can is over over time you'll consider you'll continue to decrease those over time without having enough resource to put back in there and so that's kind of what we're seeing now um, so with the reservoir levels currently where they are i think we'll be able to make it through the year but if we continue to have you know decreased precipitation and snow runoff those that bank account's going to just continually to decrease so if i'm a resident i'm hearing this i want to conserve water i don't know exactly how i'm a very amateur uh gardener if you will or lawn keeper whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. how how can i get started and make sure one well, that my lawn's taken care of because i i want a good place to live good place to you know have the kids or neighbors whatever around but i also want to be responsible where can i start yeah so i mean the biggest place to look is is obviously with outdoor water use when you look at all the water that is sold throughout the system um 60 of it somewhere between 60 and 65 is used you know in outdoor landscaping so a big thing to keep in mind um, when you're trying to look for places to conserve water is to really pay attention to your irrigation system um, you know, this involves, you know, just checking the overall efficiency and playing with the the um, the timers and like the frequency that you you water your your lawn with. So, I mean, these these sprinkler heads are scattered throughout your yards. Uh, you know, you mow on them, you step on them. Uh, they can just become broken or crooked or jammed over time. And so part of conserving water in the outdoor um, realm of things is paying attention to your sprinkler heads and giving them a check, you know, once or twice a month just to see that everything is going as it should. You know, oftentimes uh, we're irrigating at night, and so it's it's easy to overlook these things because while, while they're running, you're sleeping and you just can't see. Um, the other thing is really bringing, bringing it back to the, the landscape's personal water requirement. So, you know, landscapes don't always benefit from having excessive amounts of water. And so there really is a lot of room on residential lots to, to reduce watering and bring it closer to that water requirement. Uh, one of the things that we 
we have been trying to do to make this a little bit easier for residents is calculating what's known as a water budget. Uh, a water budget pretty much looks at a landscape and asks how much water does this landscape need on a monthly basis? Um, and that can be broken down into a, a weekly time frame as well. But we're going to be publishing this map online to, you know, give this information, get this information out there to residents to help them adjust their their irrigation schedules to be more in tune with water requirements. We we ran a an example calculation of this to just see how much land where is out there in Harriman that we're irrigating and potentially how much uh, the estimated need could be based on um, evapotranspiration rates and local climate stations. And over the course of the irrigation season, we estimate that there could be, you know, anywhere from 400 million to 430 million gallons of water saved by looking at irrigation efficiency and uh, plant water requirements. That seems like a lot. That's a big number to comprehend, and I can't really like visualize what that looks like, but that sounds like a lot yeah. of water. Right, right. I mean, picture the water you can carry in a backpack. It's it's <laughs> well, well below that, so a lot of, it's a lot kind of, of an inconceivable number. Yeah. So to make sure I understand this right, as a Harriman resident, um, I can go on there, find a lot. Let's say it's... I don't know what's a common lot size out there. Let's say 8,000 square feet or something. Mm. Yep. Uh, I can go find my lot and find out how big my lot is. And you can subtract the area of your house because you're not going to be watering your house, of course. Mm. And this map, this tool, this water budget, if you will, will tell me how much water I need in a month. That I can divide that by weeks or days or however I want to divide that. And I can plan my irrigation system accordingly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's essentially it. So you'll be able to type in your address, and then it'll take you to your lot size. And we've already calculated the amount of irrigable area on there. And um, So you've taken the math out for me. Taking the math out for you, nice. yeah. It'll be broken down between monthly and weekly. And so you can use this to say, I'm putting, or I'm irrigating three times, and my water usage is three times as high as what this anticipated need is. And then you can take that information and just change your irrigation schedule to to water a third of that. And, and, and I want to say this is a, a guideline. Everybody's landscape will be a little bit different. Sure. Soil types are a little bit different. Um, this is essentially just a tool to help people get a little closer to understand what the need might be and then make some adjustments based on that just to understand what their landscape actually needs. Yeah, but it could, I imagine, result in a huge savings both on an individual residential level and on a city level. Yeah, correct. Because let's say I'm, I'm going to go to the extreme here, but let's say I'm watering seven days a week for an hour and a half a day when my lawn really only needs 15 minutes three times a week. Correct. That's right. a ton of water. Right. Um. Not only a ton of water, but a ton of money. Right. 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 The, the more water you use, the more you pay. Mm -hmm. so, um, so it's important. And I'll just throw in a little, a, a few numbers here that um, some people find interesting. But typically throughout the wintertime, you know, we'll typically utilize about, you know, 5,000 gallons a month or so in our home. Um, and so then when you come to summertime, you're more likely to utilize somewhere up in the 45 to 50,000 gallons in the summertime. So there's a drastic contrast. And, and as we look at the city as a whole, wintertime, our consumption is typically about 5 million gallons a day throughout the entire city. In the summertime, we're closer to 30 million gallons a day. So it's just kind of a contrast to, to understand how much water is actually used on landscapes. Wow. Another program I did want to bring up, the rain barrel program. Uh, so that 
just passed, but this is good information for this coming spring. Uh, what was this rain barrel program? Yeah, so this year we, we took part in, well, a pilot program for us, but a, a program that's been going on for a number of years in Salt Lake County and, well, the Utah County this year, too. Uh, so basically, the rain barrel program is set up to make rain barrels and water collection on a, a home scale more accessible to residents. So this year we subsidized barrels to uh, make them available to residents at, you know, a, a much lower price. I want to say it was 50 to $60 versus $140 of what it normally would be. Um, but we decided to go forward and, um, and look at this option to really bring conservation close to home and show residents that there are, there are alternatives that you can use to, to lighten the load of water use, but also get perspective on how much water these large volumes really look like and how much a storm can generate on, you know, just a small parcel. So stay tuned for that coming in spring 2023. Uh, they sold out pretty fast this year, but... Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Within within three days, the we, we sold <laughs> out of all the, the ones that we had subsidized. So uh, we, we saw a lot of great feedback, and we'll definitely be doing it next year. And really quickly, too, a lot of people um, are under the impression that collecting rainwater on their property is not legal. Right. Um, can we just yeah, the, address that? Yeah. There, so several years ago, there was a state law that was passed that allowed a certain amount of water to be collected by residents. And you're correct, Jonathan. Uh, previous to that, it was not legal to collect this water. Um, and when you do purchase a rain barrel, you do have to fill out an application, um, I think, through the state to, to say that you are utilizing a rain barrel. And there's some instructions on there. There's a certain amount of water that you can collect. But that certain amount of water, I think, is well above what you'd normally collect. So I think it's around 2,500 gallons a year or so. So it's, it's definitely a good program. Um, and it is no longer illegal to collect your own water. That's good to know. Yeah. And just to note, you can go above that amount. You just have to register it with, with the state. Correct. Thank you. But it's good to know it's at least legal. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it removes a barrier for sure. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in, talking about uh, drought. And uh, as fun as it is, no one likes yeah. drought. We, we're all hoping, crossing our fingers, and sending out good vibes for, for more rain. But... Um, hopefully we'll have a good rainstorm this weekend and later on the spring so we can not have to worry about this any longer, but it seems like it's here to stay at least for a little while. It is. So we appreciate everyone doing their part. Appreciate everyone listening to Harrimanology. If you have any questions, please, please reach out to the city. We have a lot of good people here willing to help. You can also go to harriman.org slash water conservation, where we'll have this and all the information we talked about today in one place. Nice and convenient. So thanks again, Justin and David, both of you for coming in to talking about drought and water conservation and how it affects Harriman City. That's Justin Edwards, Public Works Director for Harriman City, and David Cruzy, Water Conservation Coordinator. I'm John LaFollette. That's it for today's episode of Harrimanology. Thank you for listening. Uh, please tell your friends and neighbors, and we will catch you next time.